You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the middle of the 10th chapter of Shabbat and we're investigating carrying, but carrying in unusual ways. And the general principle is that if we carry in a way that is not normal, we are not going to be liable for a sin offering. And the Mishnah is just going to investigate a couple of examples. And actually, by way of um, lateral thinking, is going to go into stuff like, um, you know, um, trimming nails, plucking out hair from one's beard. It's going to engage in a whole bunch of other sort of similar type Shabbat-like activities. And the previous Mishnah, Mishnah 3 of chapter 10, looked at someone who was carrying in an unusual way. I mean, the the way the Mishnah expresses it is carrying it kilacha, yador, backhanded, baraglo, carrying it on his foot, in his mouth, with his elbow, in his ear, in his hair, all these kind of weird ways of carrying things. And in all of these situations, the Mishnah says, patur, because he didn't, he doesn't have to bring a sin offering because he doesn't, hasn't carried them out as people normally carry them out. So in the fourth Mishnah, we're going to become, we're going to circle around these ideas. But, in a slightly more precise way. Someone who intended to carry something out in front of him. This seems to be someone who had a, an object maybe wrapped up in his cloak and he's carrying it in front of him. Well, that's a normal way to carry stuff because if it falls, you're very aware of it. So he means to carry out, to carry it in front of him in a normal way of carrying. And the cloak sort of swings round. So he ends up carrying it behind him. Uvalu acharav patur. And the Mishnah says patur. He doesn't have to bring a sin offering because he's ended up carrying it in an unusual way. But the reverse doesn't seem to work. Acharav. He as if he, he set out to carry this thing behind, he's wrapped up in his cloak, he set out to carry it behind him. And it came round in front of him, and he is liable. And the commentators say, effectively, that carrying something in front of you is a better way of carrying it. It's a more normal way of carrying it. So you might have set out to carry it in a weird way, but you end up carrying it properly, you bring a sin offering. And in the same way, the Mishnah quotes the halakha, it begins, in truth they said, there's an idea that these halachot come from Moshe on Sinai. In truth they said, A woman who has an apron, or a sinar is, a, is some kind of woman's garment, and it's translated here as an apron, it might be, um, Kahati translates it as a petticoat, it might. It's some kind of. It it it's it's some it's some kind of garment that a woman wraps herself up with. We're not quite sure what. Bain, so she wraps herself up, whether it's in front of her or behind her. This seems to be a bit like a wrap skirt. Because the Mishnah, 
rules Chayevet. She's liable for the sin offering. Because this kind of garment always seems to move round backwards and forwards. Feels a bit like a wrap skirt. It could go either way. And along the same lines, Rabbi Yudas said, also those who receive notes. Af makablei pitkin. What are the people who receive notes? Well, the Barsanura and the and Maimonides say something very similar, actually, on the receivers of notes. And I've just brought you the Barsanura because it's slightly clearer and it's... I, I brought you the Barsanura, but if you looked at the Rambam, you'd find exactly the same comment. So, Rabbi Yudas said, also those who receive notes. Who are these receiving notes? <laughs> so he says, Shel HaMelech. Of the king. These are royal messages. And the runners who'd carry messages for the ring would put them into hollow out, hollowed out sticks like reeds and hang them round their necks. They'd have wooden containers basically to hold the letters and they'd hang them. And then I guess they'd run. And when you're running with a container around your neck, it can easily shift from in front of you or to behind you or to behind you in front of you. So you know that eventually it's going to turn around. And you might be carrying this according to carrying this on Shabbat. And so Rabbi Yudah is saying, um, Rabbi, Rabbi Yudah is going to say they also are obligated, Chayav, because they know that this kind of thing can um, move around from back, back behind them to in front of them. Although it's very interesting, both the Rambam and the Bartonura say, Ve'ein halacha ke Rabbi Yudah. The halakha doesn't follow Rabbi Yudah, almost as if we're being a little bit generous to people who are forced by the edict of the king to carry notes in a, in a certain way. And the Mishnah is then going to go on, rather than talking about people carrying in unusual ways, people who are essentially performing the action in a non-standard way. So we're going to begin. Someone who brings a loaf out into the public domain is liable. That's clear. We understand that. A loaf is a useful quantity. We bring it out, we're liable. But then, if two carried out, they're exempt. That's the principle that we learned in the very first mission of the tractate. With the poor man standing outside and the householder standing inside. And we learned if they somehow shared the transfer of an object from inside to outside. If the, the the beggar put his hand in and the householder put something in it, and then the beggar stretched it back. So they were both responsible. Neither is liable. And the same thing, they both, two of them carrying out this loaf, Hotsihu Schneim, they both carried out, put her in, they're exempt. This is exempt from carrying out the, from the sin offering, not to say that they, you should run around doing these things. What if their loaf was so heavy that two were needed? If one what if one could not carry it out and two carried out? According to the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon believes that two people, even even if they're sharing a task, are exempt. And then the Mishnah concludes. with other kinds of non-standard exits or non-standard carryings. So, someone who carries out less than the standard quantity of food in a pot. 
So we know it's less than the standard quantity. He's not liable. The Mishnah says, Patur af al hakli. He's not even liable for the pot. If he carried out the pot for its own sake, clearly he'd be liable. But in this case, he's carrying out the pot for the sake of a non-standard quantity of food. And he's not liable. And similarly for a human being. Similarly for a human being. Et achai bamita, a living person on the bed. Patur af amita shamita tfelalo. A living person on the bed. The rabbis know, by the way, that there's a principle, chai no se et more. A living being actually carries itself. There's no liability for carrying a living being. Um, not sure. Uh, I'm not sure why there's such a fuss actually about carrying children. There's no liability for carrying a living being. And so this might, Mishnah is saying, look, there's no liability for carrying a person. If you carry him out in a bed, well, the bed is secondary to the person. So there's no liability for the bed. As long as he's alive, right? What if he dies? <laughs> so, at a mate, Bamita Chayab, for a corpse in a bed, he's liable. Because the, he's no longer takes advantage of the principle, Chay no that's more. A living thing can lift itself. And similarly, for an olive size of a corpse, the olive size of a um, animal that's died of itself, or the lentil size of a sheretz, of a creepy crawly, he's going to be liable. Because these are the minimal quantities that you might want to get rid of in order to avoid um, uh, impurity in your house. And Rabbi Shimon will exempt, because Rabbi Shimon is saying, look, you're not carrying it out because you want to use the thing outdoors, you're just carrying it out because you don't want it indoors. You're carrying it out because you don't want it inside your house, rather than because you do want it, rather than because you want to use it outdoors. It's an interesting distinction. And the um, next Mishnah, we're going to stop on this Mishnah, is, is not related to carrying, but it does include Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon seems to be the key or the connector between these two Mishnayot. And again, we're talking about someone doing things within unusual ways. And I'll tell Tzipor Nav, Zor, Vazor, someone pairing his nails with each other or Vashinav or with his teeth. Vichen Sar, or maybe he's clipping his hair with his nails or with his teeth or his moustache or his beard. Or braid, or a woman braiding her hair, or bluing her eyes, or putting on rouge. Rabbi Eliezer says they're liable for chamim or srim mishum shvut. Rabbi Eliezer says they're liable for a sin offering. The rabbis say no. This kind of activity we don't do because it's it's you know we we rest. So the rabbis are saying we don't do it because of resting, but it's not liable to a sin offering. And finally, this is the halacha where Rabbi Shimon disagrees. Someone who plucks up from a perforated pot. Someone who basically plucks a plant. Who um, uproots a plant from a pot which is perforated. I.e. it can reach through to the earth. It's connected to the earth. But if it doesn't reach through to the earth, patur, he's exempt. 
and Rabbi Shimon exempts in both cases. He doesn't seem to think that plucking up a plant from a pot is an action that makes you liable to a sin offering on Shabbat. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict.